The following program may contain viewpoints and opinions that do not necessarily reflect those of Radio That Doesn't Suck Incorporated or its employees. Welcome to Real Estate Toronto, the radio show about buying and selling real estate in the greater Toronto area with Aura Ross from the Mulholland Ross Real Estate Team. 30 minutes of hot topics and indispensable advice from experienced professionals that work for you. Now, on with the show. Excuse me for showing up unannounced. So you show up, you're announced. I never show up completely unannounced. But you, well, I do. You scared me because you said, we're going to talk about, and I said, oh, great, something exciting, interesting. And you said... Um, what if interest rates go up 2%? That, that's the sort of scenario. And, and I want to talk about it because it was an amazing article that the Globe posted yesterday, uh, last week on the 27th. The Globe and Mail posted an article, Why Even Modest Rate Hikes Pose a Major Risk to Your Portfolio. And we'll touch on that article because they took, another, they took the angle from the investor who's buying perhaps... Um, One plus. A, a multiplex... Okay. dwelling and what happens to the value of that dwelling because if you buy that that's your portfolio that's part of your investment portfolio what happens when rates go up so i thought that was great and then i want to take it a little bit farther to bring it down to earth for most of us who are really just struggling with our own homes maybe one investment property and what does that look like and of course for those people who are sitting on the sidelines saying well when this market goes down then i'll buy i'm going to jump in and we're going to talk about about that as well excellent yep all right, you're listening to realestatetoronto.com radio. It's Sunday at 4 p.m. And of course, you know where you are. You're listening to Listen Up Talk Radio. Hi, Gene Godfrey here from Classic FM, the album-friendly intimacy of progressive FM radio, reviving the atmosphere of the early days of FM, digging deeper into the albums and going pretty much wherever we want with the hour, completely unbound. I hope you'll join me for Classic FM, any volume, anytime on demand, and a new show every Wednesday in the live stream exclusively here at RadioThatDoesn'tSuck.com. We'll see you then. Cheers. Buying or selling a home, condo, or investment property may be one of the largest transactions you'll ever make. It's important to gather as much information as you can, and preferably from experienced, successful professionals. When it comes time to make your move, call the Mulholland Ross Real Estate Team with Keller Williams Real Estate Service at 416-230-8500 or visit www.realestatetoronto.com. Whether you're making your first move or selling your much-loved family home, the Mulholland Ross Team offers over 26 years of real estate sales and service across the GTA. Listen every Sunday at 4 p.m. here on Radio That Doesn't Suck to hear the team share advice and information that will assist you with your personal wealth through real estate. Questions or topics you'd like to see covered? Email info at realestatetoronto.com or call the Mulholland Ross team at 416-230-8500. So, Todd, do you think you can survive a 2% rate hike? I don't honestly know, and I think I'm going to rely on your knowledge to tell me if I can or cannot, because looking at the surface of it, I would say, eh, 2%, what's that between friends? But your banker may have another opinion. Well, so the article that the Globe posted last week, um, why even modest rate hikes pose a major risk to your portfolio, I thought it was a great angle. We don't usually talk about this. Uh, We certainly don't talk about it in the day-to-day residential real estate. 
but I thought it was a really interesting um, article. They were talking about the fact that um, they're talking about the fact that government bonds are yielding right now about two percent, right? Which isn't great. No. However, what that does is it causes real estate investors to maybe have lower expectations, lower cap rate expectations on their real estate investment. So right now we're seeing a lot of investors, especially in cities like Toronto, Vancouver, where things are very expensive, accepting for 5% cap rate. And what that means is that's the rate of return on their investment. Okay. So in a nutshell, you buy something for $2 million, you put $500,000 in it. What's your return on your 500000 you, you bought for $2 million, but yeah. remember, you only put 500 of your own money in. So right. what's your return on your money? Right. So it goes deeper than that, but I'm giving you guys the, the down and dirty. Um, so right now, the, the expectations are about a 4% cap rate. And that's considered quite low, but because the, the, the security of a government bond is even lower, the investor will say, well, you know, I'll take on that higher risk for that higher rate. Right. Right. If rates go up... If that bond rate goes up to 4%, the investors now have to turn around and say, well, now I want 6 or 7%. I need to make a little something. Well, yeah, because I'm taking the risk now. This is real estate investment. I'm taking a risk. I could just put my money in a government bond and get my 4%. So if I'm going to buy a building with apartments in it, I, I'm taking a risk, right? So if they're both at 4 then they're really not making anything. They're going to say, get, get out of this building and let me just put my money in the government bonds because it's secured and all that stuff. So... What then happens is, and I mean, it gets a little tough on the math when we're talking on a radio show, but what happens is, is when investors buy commercial real estate, it's very different than buying a home and going, okay, here's the land value and here's what the neighbors sold for. And, you know, it's a nice kitchen, so I'll spend a little more. All they care about is income. It's just income. Bottom line, right? Yeah. What, what are these things renting for? And now... If I, so if my building was worth two and a half million dollars and I was getting a 4% cap return... Um, now I want a 6%. That $2.5 million building isn't worth $2.5 million to me. It's worth $1.7. Wow. So those were the numbers the Globe presented. And I just thought, wow, that does that affect your portfolio? Does that affect your bottom line? Absolutely. So for someone that's, that's doing a multi-unit um, purchase and the rate's going up, does it, I mean... And you just told me, you said they're looking at the bottom line. They're not looking yep. at the units. They're, are they looking at the condition of the building? Absolutely, are they- because they have to take into consideration everything. What is What am I getting per rent? What are my costs on maintenance? If right. things are falling apart, they have to budget in, okay, over the next five years, I'm going to spend XXX. That was my point. Yeah. Those are all the numbers they take into consideration when they determine value and what is their realistic return on their investment. But it comes back to if I'm only getting X a month or X a year, if I'm getting, if I'm buying something for two and a half million and I'm getting a hundred thousand dollars in my pocket, that's sitting at about 4% return. If I now want 6%, well, I have to drop the price of my purchase. You have to build that in. I have to in. buy it for less. You have to build I, that in somehow. Yep. yep I got to buy it for less. So that's the whole side on that side. And I just thought that was, again, I can tell you myself as a residential real estate specialist, I don't go to that side very often. I thought it was a brilliant article in the Globe. And for those of you looking for it, we actually linked it to our own um, blog site that we put up um, that I'll come back to in a second. But because now I want to dive into the, the residential. <laughs> oh, which, great. Uh, the rest of us schmoes, right? Yeah, it's really interesting. Um, 
So just so that you know, let me just get you this blog, because if you're sitting there right now by your computers, we're going through these numbers, go to realestatetoronto.com slash rate dash hikes. Rate dash hikes. So because I've listed out some numbers here for you. So you guys ready? You got your pen and paper? (laughs) You got your tissue? Your tablet, yeah. Actually... Here's here's the angle I'm coming from. Everybody says, "Oh, when the rate when the when the market drops, when the market drops." Chances are when the market drops, it's because the rates have gone up. The market rarely drops and the rates stay low. It's very rare we have low price, low low interest rates. Right. One or one of the other is going to give. So the idea being that, well, when rates go up, the market will drop. And I, I I'm not going to, you know, tell you I agree or disagree, but it, we've seen that pattern for sure before. I mean, when I first bought my house, we, I think we've talked about this before, we were excited to be just under the 8% mark. I cannot and, imagine that. And over a 50-year period, I think normal normal is considered more 6 to 7. That's what, the, the average? That, I think that average is around 6 to 7 when we take the 22 that we saw in the 80s right. and, and, and the 70s, and then we did a lot of years of the 9 to 12 and... We add in now, but back in the 50s, the rates were lower. 50s, 60s, we saw that three to. F- I don't even think it ever went down to three. Sorry, I, I could really? be wrong. I think we were sitting five. Hmm. Yeah. Five. So we're doing actually better than our parents' generation in terms of interest rates. Right in now. terms of rates, right yeah, now. Right now. So right now, um, you know, mortgage brokers out there, correct me if I'm wrong. Right now, if you work hard, you can get your five your your five year fixed term rate at about three point one. Not bad. So the 2.8s, I don't think they're out there anymore, but let's not complain. 3.1, we're still good. I'm not going to talk about my rate. <laughs> oh, is your rate better? Yes. Are you variable? No. Okay. Yeah, no, we locked in. We got a, a pretty sweet rate. Good. And when is it due? Uh, I think we've got about three or four years left. Okay. So in three or four years, do you know how much money you're going to have to refinance at this time, or will you be paid off? Uh, no, we will not be paid off. Okay. <laughs> I think we, we went for the 55-year amortization period. Oh, yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. like, let our kids pay for it. We're going to minimize our payment monthly. You know it's what? It's not quite that long. If, if only, if only our banks worked like the American banks, where when you get a 30-year mortgage, you get a 30-year rate. Yeah. So but, now it works on the amortiz- It works on the, the term the term is five years, right? though, for those of you who like stability out there, please ask your bankers and mortgage brokers about 10 years. It exists. So the difference is, for, for us that are not great, great at math, you get a 30-year term, which means your monthly payment is way down there, versus up here in Canada where they base your payment on the term, not the amortization. No, no. Our payment is based on our amortization. Okay. Based on the uh, amortization means this is the time it would take to pay it off if you made the same payments every month. Okay. So when you get that 3% mortgage rate and they tell you it's um, 1800 bucks a month, the, the idea of the amortization of 25 years is we've taken 25 years of paying $1,800 a month and you would pay it off. You'd own your home. Right. However, every five years we have to renegotiate our rates. Right. So that's where my American colleagues look at me and shake my head, going, how could you possibly how do you live, live like that? <laughs> you know, because you don't know what five years brings. But here's what I can tell you right now before we even jump into these numbers. Yep. If you are sitting at a great low rate, I want you to pay your mortgage as if you were paying 5%. And okay. if you did that, A, your remember, any amount you're paying each month that is over and above your required payment is going directly to principal. 
So, so you can do it monthly or it depends on your mortgage? You can do it. Yes, depends on your mortgage. Please, please make sure you're getting some flexibility with your mortgages. So a good mortgage should offer you the 15% top up, the 15% annual pay down. Okay. If you don't use it, you can't use it, fine. But if you can, oh, please. What because a difference. You'll knock that 25-year mortgage in five years down to about a 16-year mortgage. You'll knock years off not off your life, off the life of the mortgage. <laughs> but you'll live stress-free for those 16 years. You will have a longer, more stress-free life afterwards. So for those of you that are, are working, making decent money, and you're laughing all the way to the bank saying, oh, my rates are so low, I challenge you, double your payments or um, add your 15% or at least go to your bank and say, what would this cost me if I was paying 5% and then make that payment? You're you're chopping away at your principal. So it's, it's not the ice bucket challenge; yeah. it's the pay down challenge it's that the we're issuing. Oh, we should come up with something fun. A video with the tape you mortgage. going into your mortgage institution <laughs> and making an extra payment. Yes, and riveting, send us the video. We will. video. <laughs> hey, when you do the happy dance at the it's end, true, yeah, it's a good it's a good dance. Um, so, so. Um, let's start by just quickly looking at a four hundred thousand dollar mortgage at three percent. And right now, amortized over 25 years, that works out to about a $1,900 monthly payment. So you're borrowing $400,000 and you're paying $1,900 a month. We're not talking about increasing this payment yet. We're just talking about this is what it looks like. Yep. Okay. Now, at the end of five years, you will have paid about $55,000 in interest. It is painful. Wow. But you will have paid 58% of principal. Not bad. So you're at $113,000 at the end of five years. And you now, when you go to refinance, your $400,000 mortgage is now three forty-one. Okay. So you've knocked about sixty grand off your, your mortgage. And the best part is you've had cash flow, $1,900 a month. If, if that's all you can pay, you're good, yep. $1,900 a month. Here's what happens when that rate goes from 3% to 5%. So you've done your five-year term. Yep. Well, no, no. Say so, now we're looking at the exact same four hundred thousand. We're okay. not at three. We're at oh, our four hundred thousand. Okay. At five percent, it would cost you twenty three hundred dollars a month. So we're about four hundred and thirty dollars more a month. So now you're affecting your cash flow. Now, if I backtrack to what I just told you, if right now you are paying four hundred thousand dollars at three percent, up your payments to twenty three hundred bucks. If you can. If you can do Even it. Even if you can add an extra hundred. Or makes a difference. Every little penny counts. You know the saying, when you watch your pennies, the dollars look after themselves. Yeah. When you've got compound interest on your table, you must watch your pennies. They hmm. will, they'll run out quickly if you're owing. Wow. <laughs> so um, when we come back to the break, I'll tell you what this all looks like, what Ooh. we can do about it. I'm happy. I'm in it my is, happy oh no place. no! I've got a I've got a I've got a happy rainbow at the end of this. So stay tuned for my happy rainbow. Don't happy rain don't quit rainbow. on us now. Unicorns, yeah. leprechauns. It's all up after the break. You're listening to realestatetoronto.com radio. Annoying, frustrating. Of course, you're referring to me. Some days, enlightening, engaging. And now you're referring to yourself. Most days. <laughs> Just a few of the words employed to describe our show, The Mots. You'll come up with your own. Hi, we're The Mots, Paul and Carol. Inviting you to join us weekdays at 2 on Listen Up Talk Radio at talk-radio.ca. And there's an encore performance with Mots Weekend. You can check us out at themots.ca. Here's another word for you. Oh, I wouldn't go there. Buying or selling a home, condo, or investment 
development property may be one of the largest transactions you'll ever make. It's important to gather as much information as you can, and preferably from experienced, successful professionals. When it comes time to make your move, call the Mulholland Ross Real Estate Team with Keller Williams Real Estate Service at 416-230-8500 or visit www.realestatetoronto.com. Whether you're making your first move or selling your much-loved family home, the Mulholland Ross Team offers over 26 years of real estate sales and service across the GTA. Listen every Sunday at 4 p.m. here on Radio That Doesn't Suck to hear the team share advice and information that will assist you with your personal wealth through real estate. Questions or topics you'd like to see covered? Email info at realestatetoronto.com or call the Mulholland Ross team at 416-230-8500. You still with me, Todd? Are you yes. still good? Yes. Okay, good, good. So we talked about a $400,000 mortgage at 3% would cost about 1900 a month. And a $400,000 at 5% would cost $2,300 a month. Can I tell you, most people just stop right there. That's all that they're looking at is what's this going to cost, right? Because that's my cost. That's my cost, you know, but of, that of is living. real and tangible. And then they compare that immediately to what they're bringing in per month. Oh, sure. And, and then, they, this is our reality check for sure. But that, that difference can factor into your debt service ratio as well. Oh, it, of course it does. It's a huge, huge difference. Yep. So here's the wildest part. If I, if I was a buyer who said, but I can't afford under my debt ratio, I can't afford, they won't, I won't qualify for that payment. I have to have my payments at $1,900 a month. I can only borrow $325,000 at 5%. My $400,000 loan is now three twenty five. dollars I just lost 20% buying power. So what does the person do? They come up with more on their own? Well, here's the thing. So here's the speculative part. The buyers out there, I know you're listening, are saying, yeah, but prices are going to drop. So my point is this. Prices would have to drop 20% to be the same. If rates go up too, prices need to drop 20 to be the same. Not to be ahead. You're not ahead. You're the same. To have the same buying power. And... 20% 20% is a lot. I, I, okay, I've got my little crystal ball here. Okay. It's telling me that somehow if rates go up 2%, we won't see a 20% drop. That is, that is a, well, it could. Yeah. I've seen it happen. Yeah. seen it happen twice. Not likely. But 2%, when we're talking about going from abnormally low to a normal reasonable rate of 5% is not enough to crash a market. I don't, there would have to be lots of other things going on. Right. At which point, if lots of other things going on, I think we're looking at a higher than 5% mortgage. We might be back up to 7 or 8. Now, typically, well, I guess it would depend on the economic conditions, but you wouldn't necessarily see a 2% jump overnight. You might see a quarter point, half a point. That's a really good question. And, you know, I'm just not old enough to tell you that I recall exactly the times when it did jump. I know. Have you got your driver's license yet? Just. I'm so excited. Um, However, colleagues, and I certainly remember my parents talking about, yes, big jumps, 2% jumps. That might cause a a, a panic. That would cause a panic. It would probably become a new normal, but you're right. It would cause a panic. And I guess what I'm hearing on the news is we're not going to see it. I mean, the last article I just read, which was this morning, said by May of 2015, we will start to see it sliding upward. Quarter now, point, quarter point here and there. You would yeah. hope. I mean, even lately that, it, you know, the rates were uh, have been moving around. 
And sometimes it could be like 0.05% um, that it moves. So just before we talk about the absolute doom and gloom if rates go up 2%, I want to remind people that five years ago, five and a half years ago, our rates were 5%. That wasn't long. And the market was hot. Yeah. I mean, we were, you know, we were in our upswing market. And and what I find, so when people say to me today, or if, oh my gosh, if rates go up 2%, people will be in so much trouble. They're going to lose their homes and I'll buy bank sales because people will just have to give their homes away because they'll be so, you know, screwed with these new rates. We're going to have to just drop the prices and everything. And I, I remind people that, well, five years ago when they financed, they financed at 5%. Yeah. So right now, if they're financing and they even get 4%, which is higher than what the buyers are thinking, they're thinking it's high. For me, as the guy who financed 5% five years ago, I'm laughing. I'm saving a percent. There you go. Yeah. So I don't see that, uh, that factor weighing in right now because I just have to look back five years from today and go, what were they financing five years ago? Well, if they're financing at 1.5% five years ago, they might be in trouble today. But you've got to remember, they're financing higher than they were today. So it's, even if the rates go up, they're still lower than where they were. It's so weird when you th- just think about the numbers. When you're talking about 2% on a $400,000 house, that's a lot. When you mm-hmm. go buy a, a car for 30000 and you're saving, you know, 2% or half percent on financing, it really doesn't, Well, you know. You know I'm, I'm careful on that because, you know, a dollar's a dollar and accumulated interest is a very dangerous yeah. thing when you owe it. It's a beautiful thing when you're earning it, right? Yeah. Wish they taught us that one in school. That simple lesson for you people, young people in school, think about it. Get your calculators out. It's amazing when you're earning it. Real life skills. Try very hard not to owe it. However, it is what it is. Um, So really, and and I'm not talking about a $400,000 home, just to clarify. I'm talking about a $400,000 loan. Mortgage, mortgage, yeah. Because I I looked through, you know, sort of our, our history in the last year, and I find the average family is taking on more than 400. We're actually seeing between three and six as being an average mortgage that a typical family with a couple of kids, you know, maybe under the age of 15, they're still taking on those. And and so now, I mean, honestly, if we played with these numbers on a $600,000 mortgage, it gets a little scarier. Mm. Maybe we'll do that after Christmas. Yeah. (laughs) When people are, those holiday bills roll in. Oh, no, Sorry. we're yeah. <laughs> no, we'll talk about health and diet in the new year. Okay. That's always we're switching, fun. We're switching topics. Um, yeah. Um, the the other thing to keep in mind too is that um, a lot of you guys out there, I know you're playing the variable rate game, and I, you know, I've had people who have owned real estate for thirty years say to me, "Aura, I have never lost in the variable rates. I mean, I've always been ahead of the five year rates." Yeah. And, you know, the, the fixed rates and the variables aren't quite attached together. Um, there's quite a few people out there now warning us about those variable rates, that they're gonna, we're going to see them go up. The minute they go up and you think, oh, well, that's okay, I'll just call my bank and lock in, yeah. be careful. The bank is not going to be in a position to negotiate with you. They will just, sure, I'll lock you in on the posted rate. So if anybody's walked into the bank and looked at their little signboard or you gone online and said, okay, what's, what's any bank's posted rate? The posted rate is always a good point higher than what you're going to get. Right. So Now, you, you said something interesting. We talked about the, the $400,000 loan that you've managed to pay off a good chunk of almost $60,000. Mm-hmm. If you were paying it as if it were a 5%, mm. 
the, the point I wanted to make is you're going to have a lot less that you're that you're refinancing. Exactly. So and if you happen to pay five, you may end up paying pretty close to what you're paying now if you've been paying more of the principal down. Well, the beautiful part, beautiful part here, you're right, and I, I don't have that number in front of me, and I should have. I'll add it to my blog post, though. If you have your $400,000 mortgage and the required payments are 1900 and you choose to pay the 2300 or your bank hopefully has the flexibility allowing you to pay to top that payment up 400 bucks a month in 5 years instead of owing 341 I'm guessing because I don't have that number in yeah. front of me I'm guessing that number is going to be closer to about 310 Now when you go to refinance 310 and the rates might be 5 6% it's not nearly as scary yeah. you've got a much lower amount you're financing as well, if if you're okay with your twenty three hundred bucks, like you say, your life goes on. Okay, I'm not chopping away at my mortgage as much as I was when the rates were lower, but I'm not forced to sell my house or, or rent out, you know, two bedrooms to people because I can't afford to make my payments. I, I'm making the same payments I was making before. Yeah. And and that's really that's really the key to this because what we don't want, what we absolutely don't want for our clients and our children and our favorite people in our lives is is to have them run into problems when these rates change. Yeah. I, this isn't about if. And I'm not being a fear monger. It's just that it's an economic cycle. And they call it a cycle for a reason. And that is because it is a cycle. Mm-hmm. This has been a really long cycle of high prices, low interest rates. I know the buyers really want those rates to come down. Some people refer oh, to it. prices, sorry, to come yeah. down. Yeah. Some people refer to it as like a roller coaster. But it's not a roller coaster that has regular ups and downs. You could be up on a really, really, right now we're on a really high. We're on a pretty good high. And then eventually we're going to go down. And whether that dip is a big dip or a small dip is... Can I tell you in the history that the board, and I think probably even before the board, has been monitoring average sale prices. But the board's been at it for, you know, over 65 years. When we dip, we never dip to as low as the last dip. So, okay, so we're in 1988. We maxed out, I think, our, our average price hit 300. That was that was peaking, guys. That was peaking in, in 1998 or yeah. 1988. We yeah. peaked, right? To 1989, we crashed. It, it really crashed, like 30, 40%, you know. It really crashed. When we went up again... Well, now we've been on this real high for a long time, right? But in 08, it did come down, and it did come down in some areas 15 20%, but it didn't even get close to even the peak of 88. We were still way above it. Yeah. So the question is, is if we crash, are, are, are people suggesting we're crashing to prices of, like, 1988? I I couldn't even imagine what the world would look like if if we had gone that far. So... Really, our market is what we call it ratchets up. It goes up, it comes down a bit. It goes up further. It always goes past the peak, the last peak. Yeah. comes down. It never comes down to where it was. goes up again. So it ratchets itself up. And and that's why, well, you know, on another tangent, and, and what I'm going to do a lot of talking and writing about over the next little while is holding on to your real estate because real estate is a long-term investment. I know people have made some pretty decent money with quick quick flips. All the best to them. I've got some clients that have done very well. Amazing. But if you're trying to create a legacy and you're trying to create a portfolio of wealth that will support you in your years to live the way you want, it is about holding real estate. So it's always two steps up and one step back. Yeah. So it ratchets up and down. That's when right. When we come back from the break, I'm going to give you, the listeners, a really super easy tip 
to pay more of your mortgage down relatively painless. Oh, I love it. Pain-free. Okay. I hope. (laughs) You're listening to realestatetoronto.com radio. So, Todd, you were telling us how you're going to pay my mortgage payment? No, pay- no, no, oh, no, no, no. The, oh. the relatively painless way was not me paying anyone's mortgage. Okay. What it was, was psyching yourself out a little bit. Here's here's what it is. Let's say you go and get a mortgage, mm-hmm. and let's say your uh, your monthly payment is, let's say, $1,281. Okay. Okay? Round it up to 1300 Yep. I love it. Round it up to 1300 or round it up to uh, thirteen fifty. Just pay a little bit extra per payment. Yeah, and then that'll be the new norm, as you said. And it's you're and paying it, off more of your principal. And it and it's all just you know when you do top that up, you're it's not going to interest. It's principal, and that's that's the queen of it all. Is yeah. how do you pay this off without getting killed with the interest? Get it onto your principal. Pay nice. off your principal. So I wanted to extend. Um, uh, an offer. The first two people that call us from the show or during the week um, and mention this show to me, I've got this fabulous book. It's called Hold. It's written by Gary Keller and Jay Papazin. And they've written many books. And Hold is brilliant because it really is about how to buy real estate, hold on to it for the long term, and what that does. When you hold real estate, and your tenants are paying off that debt for you, because remember, you're not, you, you went in with your 20%. Yeah. Tenants are looking after the balance. When, when there is more equity in that property, you have now leverage to pull money out of that property and use it for another investment, or use it to put your kids through school, or use it to take, go on a holiday, or renovate your kitchen. You know, it's leverage. So, so, so your tenants are financing your lifestyle. It's you know, I'm so sorry, tenants out there, but if I could take each and every one yeah. of you and show you how to buy a piece of real estate today, I would, um, because it's what a are home. You, Raymond Aaron, you know, like yeah. real estate with no money down? <laughs> Not quite. Okay. But I'm telling you, when you start, it's the guys that start with one that allows them to get into two. The, the hardest one is your first one. And start today. Don't start. Don't plan for it. Do yeah. it. And because here's what happened. And, and I know we're, we're cut short for time. But here's what happened. When in 2008, our prices dropped, we went to so many of our clients and said, now's the time to buy an investment property. Prices are down 15 percent, 20 percent in some ways. And, you know, everybody's thing was, yeah, but the market's dropping. Yeah. The prices are dropping because everybody's mentality is, well, if the prices drop, I don't buy real estate and the prices go down. Well, when it's long term, you don't care because you understand the ratchet over time. Yeah. And the only time you know that the market is hit bottom is when you're on your way up. And the only time you know you've the market's hit the top, the peak is on your way down. You can't tell you're at the peak. No. When you're at the peak and you can't tell you're at the bottom and the bottom. So all I know is that when when prices, if you're waiting for prices to adjust, you can't wait too long. In 08, people waited thinking, ah, in a year when the prices really go down, I'll buy in. Well, a year from there, prices were up way yeah. over what they even were before they dropped. Yeah. You know. So recap the, about the book. How do they get the book? They have to give me a shout at 416-230-8500 or email me at aura at realestatetoronto.com. Ask for Aura Ross or the Mulholland Ross team and we'll get you the book. Awesome. We will catch you right back here next Sunday at 4 p.m. And if you miss it, it's always on demand or on iTunes podcast. 
Catch you right back here next Sunday. Thank you for listening to Mulholland Ross Real Estate Radio on Radio That Doesn't Suck.com. Tune in every Sunday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time as the team brings you weekly tools, tips, and discussions with thought leaders for both buyers and sellers in the sometimes confusing world of residential real estate. Is there a topic you'd like to hear or want to get in touch with the team? You can email feedback at radio that doesn't suck.com or call the team at 416 230 5900.